I'm still not going to say it. I'm still not going Don't to say, say it. Don't say it, Sweeney. I'm still not going to say it. Okay, I'm going to say it. We're back. We're still back. We lasted a week and we're still back. Christy Doran, Sam Worthington. 14 days. That's what that's what Liam Wright's saying. That that's the unbeaten streak over New Zealand rugby. I'm ashamed of my countrymen. Four, <laughs> 14 days. What's going on, boys? What's, it's more than that now. It's up to about 17 days, isn't it? We're going going through the week. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We, the day, you, you've got to count those midweek days for sure. They, <laughs> they definitely count. No one's there for the Kiwis. Absolutely. Uh, so what a weekend it was for Australian rugby. The Tars got up over the Lions. The Rebels got up over the Highlanders over in Dunedin. Under the roof, in front of the zoo, they got up. And the Reds couldn't quite get it done against the Sharks, but they didn't lose any fans there. So um, Friday night, Friday Arvo, just gone, was brilliant. It set it up nicely, didn't it? It relieved a bit of the tension. How good was it hearing Greg Clark just being crossed straight after the game? He was very excited to be able to promote the game, talk it up. And uh, the first win for the Rebels over in Dunedin, uh, their first win over in New Zealand for a, a, couple, or a little while as well too. So two, two on the bounce, good result. How, how easy does it look kicking under the roof, by the way? Matt Tamil was just just swishing them straight over the, the swishing black them, Swishing them. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a new term, but yeah. Of it, as good as the Tars win as well, and that was, you know, desperately needed. That that was the, the big result from the weekend, wasn't it? I, I did not see that coming, to be honest, over there. The Highlanders, they're not the team that they have been, but, but still plenty of good players, well coached, and, and at home they're very, very hard to beat. So a huge, um, I think mentally what that can do to, for the Rebels now is pretty massive. Um, Inconsistencies plagued them in the past. They need to back it up now, but yeah, one of the probably one of the bigger results in the club's history, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, the week before, they they were missing a few guys. They still were missing a couple of guys this week, just gone. But Matt Tamur came back and really threw his hand up. His best game of of the season. Uh, he controlled the game really well against the Waratahs a couple of weeks earlier in the wet. But we saw that. Dry, dry conditions, um, a good opportunity to play a bit of running rugby and he tacked the line, he was square at the line, uh, a couple of great offloads and and we saw um, that with the ability to, to promote the, the ball a little bit and we saw that with the Waratahs as well, that Australian rugby sides can actually do something with it and and in both games, they uh, both both sides scored three tries inside the first 21 minutes. So um, it was it was really pleasing just to, to watch. Yeah, the the Rebels' poor starts had plagued them at the the start of the season, hadn't they? They'd, they'd um, fallen way behind in, in games, but this was uh, the opposite. I thought they were just playing at the start very simple, direct rugby. They're enjoying those physical confrontations in the past. They've obviously had good backs, but haven't quite given them the platform. But they seem to really be enjoying. Um, had, had a little bit of an edge about them, and um, yeah, we're getting over the gain line. Tamua starts popping off loads and and, and things. Um, yeah, snowballed from there. So just, Rangi, just terrific Gibbon, result. Ainsley, that the front row was outstanding. They were, and another guy who keeps saying, hey, look, I'm still here, Matt, Matt Phillip. Phillip. Yeah, line-out was brilliant, um, and they and he, he's another guy who, who carries with authority. He's probably having nightmares as well. He was one of the poor blokes that um, was cleaning out uh, James Lynch. He's the Highlanders captain. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm still having nightmares of that uh, that, that noise crazy. through the through the audio. That was uh, <laughs> that was genuinely horrific. That injury. So I hope uh, he can get back on the field next season. But yeah, that, I mean that that would have been a weird thing as well. Play was stopped for probably I don't know seven eight minutes as well. But um, yeah, they were able to keep their composure and carry on the Rebels. And the Rebels almost looked like they could have been running in their fourth try. Uh, at, at that stage as well. So it was 
good. A momentum the, killer. Yeah, it was a bit of a momentum killer, and, and fair play to the Rebels to be able to put that behind because they probably could have blown up a little bit by saying if you let that. Uh, the time continue for another 10 seconds. They probably score there. Yeah. Andrew Callaway as well, friend of the podcast, of course. Oh, another another, podcast. another big game, um, you know, opportunist um, stuff. That, that's, what a, that's what a winger needs to do. Yeah, I think it did look at one stage like he was going to be hunted down there probably on both occasions, but he just kept going. He's obviously got that, you know, we talk about the Rod Kafer um, speed over, over 10 metres, but he can obviously um, hold, hold, hold that yeah. speed um, possibly slightly longer than Kafer. So <laughs> Andrew Callaway, there's a, a little bit of chat that he might be um, putting his hand up for, for test selection. Do we do we think he's any chance there? Oh, hard to say. That is hard to say. <laughs> I, I think um, I think that we're blessed with some pretty decent wingers here in Australia, and you know, pull back, back three kind of players. Um, but you can't leave him out of the conversation given his try scoring form over the last few weeks as yep. well. You, you look at some of the guys that are around Australia rugby at the moment: Maddox, Tom Banks, Haylett Petty. Um, the, the Brumbies, Flyers. I keep forgetting Vunavalu's coming to rugby next year as well. That's um, obviously not, not this season. but yeah, I, I keep forgetting that's just there in the yeah. background, isn't it? And, yeah. and you've already got Marika Korobiti who uh, is is continuing to go from strength to strength. There's a lot of uh, exciting outside backs. So speaking of um, outside backs, uh, so the Melbourne Rebels 28-22. Speaking of outside backs, later that night, um, Angus Bell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to talk to a couple of front rowers coming up shortly, but he is a front rower. Showed some toe, showed some um, nimbleness on his feet, and the Waratahs got home twenty nine seventeen over the Lions. He really is a, a special athlete, isn't it? It's not not too big a stretch to say that. Like, there's just something different about him for a, a man that size. Um, a bit like Taniella Tupo, I guess, with that dexterity, he can he can pop off loads and, and has a clean pair of heels as well. So, super exciting that he's only just you know learning the art of, of scrummaging. And um, I've got no doubt that Dave Rennie will be. Um, I don't think he's going to throw him in the Test cauldron straight away, but he'll be in, involved um, in, in camps and and yeah, clearly they've got a gem on their hands there with Angus Bell. Yeah, there's no way he's getting picked against Ireland when you've got guys like Scott Seo at uh, at Loosehead and, and James Slipper. There's there's an, you know, JP Smith. There's a lot of good front rowers going around at the moment. But he, World, he, World Cup in France is a big uh, yeah. ring, yeah, ring well, around. He's, his he's got to bide his time. This yeah. is this is now we've got to look after Angus Bell over yeah. the next three and a half years because he is a special talent. Oh, totally. And the way he runs, he reminds me a little bit of Sakopi Kepu in the clear. Um, Actually, pump, you're right. He does look a bit like just that. Just pumping those legs yeah. nice and high. And we all know that Kepps was an outstanding runner of the, of the ball, the, the tries that he scored over his history. Like, yeah, I still, was it against the Chiefs that he did the 50-metre effort down yeah. the, the right-hand touchline? That was amazing. But um, the, the the one that instantly goes back to everyone's mind, 2015 against the, the All Blacks in Sydney uh, to really kind of seal the game. Um yeah, he, he's he's a good player. He's a very good player. And and across the board, the Waratahs' performance last Friday night, um, the forward pack, who had been getting beaten pretty well solidly earlier in the season, they came out and they, they stood up. The similarities between them and the Rebels, they were there, weren't they? The, the, the lines that they were running, the gusto that they were running the ball with, the back rollers finally looked like... Swinton. The... I loved watching Swinton, you know, aggression, a controlled aggression, sometimes not controlled aggression, yellow card, but... A fine line. Yeah, he was a guy who uh, definitely... Um, he, he basically put the lines on the back foot constantly. 
Yeah, Michael Hooper, obviously, just we, we, you sometimes gloss over it because you just expect it from him, but um, just another all-action all um, performance from him. And, I, yeah, they probably don't win that game without him, let's face it. Uh, 19 tackles y- yeah, yeah. he made. I think it was um, the four ball. line break assists. Yeah. Yeah. Assists. And I'm yeah. finally starting to, you know, some of the haters out there on, on social media are starting to, to quieten up and go, okay, he's he's rounding out his game even more now, isn't he, with with maybe some of the, um, the open field play and, and his passing game as well, just adding more strings to his bow and I, I guess that is the the exciting thing of, of relinquishing this captaincy he probably does have a bit more time to, to work on specific skills like that so yeah huge from him I, you had that horrible feeling that all those uh, missed shots at goal uh, might count might count against the Waratahs and, and, and cruel them but yeah clearly just a massive relief for them and, and Rob Penny his first uh, winner's Waratahs coach. That is an issue though the goal kicking across the board in Australian rugby you can't you know, downplay the, the significance of that. We've seen it at test level for a long time, really, um, as well as at, at provincial level. The, the, the goal-kicking standard is just not good enough. And it, it may be a big factor, you know, when Dave Rennie does come to pick his team, of course. Um, plenty of time to talk about that. We don't have to cover it too much now, but uh, Matt Tamua probably that, that gives him uh, puts his nose in front as well with James O'Connor not kicking at the moment. I think he, he's just got a niggly injury that's um, that's holding him back from that at the moment. Yeah, restricted duties, but he had just started goal kicking over the last two weeks. But his ankle injury that he picked up against yep. the Sharks, whether or not that... that you know, it sets him back further. We'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, well, let's go to that game, the Reds v Sharks on Saturday night. I said in the start of this, at the start of this podcast, didn't really lose any fans for them. I don't think they they really had a crack to to the end, the eighty eighth minute, in fact, and they scored right at the death there. But uh, they came up against a very red hot Sharks team. Yeah, they did. I mean, I disagree a bit though, because obviously back at Suncorp Stadium, you know, they had that momentum from Wolf the, Mother from the Sunwolves. Wolf Mother was there. Um, <laughs> a lot of excitement in the commentary box about that. Uh, the, the lads were, were getting excited, <laughs> but um, they played a cave for that, being able to put his halftime analysis on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big rugby fans, but that was a huge opportunity for um, for the Reds, wasn't it? To beat a good team at home, to to start winning over fans, and and I, you know, I, I picked them. It was a, a toss of a coin, sort of, sort. Of, and yes, the Sharks are a, a good team, a very good team, but they're not the team that's going to win the, the competition. I don't, you don't think reckon? so. No, nah, no. Nah, so oh, see, I, 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 you think I they're disagree that good? with you. you I think they're that good. Think that they are that good. Okay. I look at guys like. Uh, their back three, Fassi, yeah. um, Tamboy was on one week. They've got Mapimpi who sat on, the, who ran the water on Saturday night. Um, Fastest then, water boy out there. Yeah, exactly. He really was. He was getting out there really quick. And and then Notche in the back row, who yeah. I reckon is the best back row. On Good the team, definitely a finals team. But yeah, I think. That, I mean, if the Reds, the, we keep saying and saying, you know, when are they going to turn the corner? And stuff, that, that's the sort of team that they do have Probably. to beat. Liam, Liam Wright, you could see. I think they'd set themselves for that game. He was absolutely gutted, apologising to the fans. So yeah, not, it was an opportunity missed. Still a good weekend for Aussie rugby, of course, two from three. But mm-hmm. that, I mean, imagine the excitement if they had managed to, to seal the deal there. But yeah. A good weekend. I think we saw, you know, given that the Sharks had, had beaten the Rebels, who didn't play that badly the week before, I think we probably got to see that the Rebels weren't as bad as people might have thought off the back of that and beating the Highlanders and playing very, very well. Yeah. So the, the Sharks are a good team. Yeah. Whether or not they're forward pack, like they, they clearly they uh, they dominated the Reds the, the more. We'll talk about that in the line-out. But uh, it's their back line that's just so exciting. And yep. when you've got a, a Springbok midfield pairing of Arm and, and yeah. Mr. House. Arm um, with the – he's the intercept king injury. He's yeah. the joker and the thief. He's, that su- bloke. he's such a good player, isn't he? And the, <laughs> yeah, Do you like that? Oh, Wolf mother. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. It took, <laughs> took us took half a second, split second. That was good. But, um, the, I mean, what an effort from the Sharks. It feels like they've been touring for about three months now. They've just been on the road <laughs> all season and they, they keep winning. So, yeah, 
that they've, they've obviously got something special there. And these new coaches um, as well in South Africa, Sean Everett at the Sharks and, and John Dobson at the Stormers. Blokes, uh, I'm sure our South African listeners know plenty about through Curry Cup. Um, we haven't heard of them, but they're, they're clearly um, the new breed of coach doing really good things. So well, it's, it's, it's the brand of rugby that they're playing, which is so exciting, I, th- yeah. I, I think. We need, uh, if, this, if South Africa is going to continue to be in the competition, you need them to, to play some exciting rugby, and they are. They've, they've got that rush defence, which was a hallmark of the Springboks last year at the World Cup. We spoke about it at length. That's what really did the Rebels in in Ballarat a couple of weeks ago. And again, um, the Reds were kind of beaten by that really hard-up rush defence from the Sharks. And people were talking about Hunter Paisami. Some people think he struggled on the weekend. He definitely did not struggle. He, I thought he played actually really, really well. But when you didn't, when you lost James O'Connor after 45 minutes, yeah, Tate and then McDermott for some coming reason, off as well? Tate McDermott gets taken no. on 10 minutes, which was just an odd decision. JP Smith as well that uh, traded a lot of criticism. Yeah, Harry Hooper had a tough time when he came on. Yeah, he did. But you lose your direction. And... and uh, uh, Isaac Lucas is a good player, but he's not quite a 10 yet at, at Super Rugby level, and, and they lost a lot of direction, I think, there. But Paisami, the, the work in defence that he showed was, was was great, as well as, I think, still that the whole running that he attempted didn't quite always crack the door uh, and go right through, but but exciting players still to, to, to come. Well, there was plenty of good action on the weekend. Let's look ahead, though, and uh, we're going to have a chat to our first guest today, who is Jordan Ulysses. Well, Jordan Ulysses, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Hey, first and foremost, what a win from you blokes on uh, Friday over in Dunedin across the ditch. Ah, yeah, cheers for having me, boys. Um, Yeah, it was a great win. I guess I think it's the first time we've won um, in Dunedin and probably the second win we've ever had in New Zealand. So um, it's good for our team and, and our season going forward and it's also good for Australian rugby. Mate, and just personally, um, you've had a really, really tough run with injuries. Uh, getting back out on the field, you came through it all, all fine and you just must be stoked that, uh, yeah, not, not only personal perspective but a team win as well. Yeah, it's good. Um, I guess you'd rather be on the field than be in rehab, so... Um, I guess it's good to be back out playing and um, good to be part of a team that's winning, I guess. Um, yeah, just trying to build, uh, just trying to get my games, a uh, couple of games strung together. So, um, yeah, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Rio, but it's good, definitely good to be out in the field and uh, definitely good to be uh, winning on the winning uh, side again as well. Yeah, and just on your horrible run with injuries, an interesting story in the Herald Sun um, this week where you actually spent about 10K of your own own money. You took Reese Hodges' advice, which is a dangerous thing to do at the best of times. But you, <laughs> you, you dug into your your pocket and, and splashed out on some fancy gear just so you can you can do extras at home. Is that right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess um, I spent more time off the field than I have on. So um, just took a bit of advice from probably one of the most professional rugby players I've ever met, Reese Hodge, um, and just went and bought uh, some equipment. It's always hard to part ways with money. I guess when you're at a young age and, you know, it's, it's good to have. But, um, you know, just thinking about longevity and um, the future I have in this sport and, um, you know, it doesn't last very long. So I think just I think that was a small investment in, in my future and um, I guess, yeah, trying to halt the injuries, uh, I suppose. Yeah, what exactly is the gear that you've splashed out on? Uh, I wouldn't say splash, but it's just normal. I think i um, just got a, a, a game-ready machine, which is a bit uh, ice compression 
uh, which is um, just just house with little niggles around the, on, the, on the body, and that, that is pretty expensive because it comes from America, and um, yeah, you can't really buy it in Australia. Hence why, the, hence the big price, and uh, also just some recovery boots, which uh, it's just air compression, I, I suppose, just bit on the legs and uh, just helps flush a uh, bit of niggles that you got in your body. So um, it's, it's it's something that every club has, but I thought um, probably good just to have my own personal uh, for personal use, and not always having having to rely on what the club has. So. Um, yeah, it's good to have it at my disposal at home and um, can carry it around uh, to games and whatnot. Jordy, let's talk about uh, the games uh, on Friday night and then looking forward to, to, to Saturday's game as well. Um, uh, outstanding victory, as, as we touched upon just earlier. What was the review like uh, now a couple of days since uh, that would have taken place? Uh, well, I think Dan hit on the head. You wake up, uh, go to sleep with a win and wake up with a loss, I think. Um, you can't. You definitely can't uh, rest on your laurels. You know, there's a lot of uh, things that we had to work on, and uh, a lot of things that we got away with in the weekend that we probably won't get away with this week. So, um, I think uh, the message from Dave was, uh, you know, just hit, uh, go back to do what we what worked for us last week. So, um, you know, prep well, and I think everyone was across their knowledge. And um, I think if you emulate emulate the way we prepped last week, then um, hopefully that puts us in good stead for the week coming. Uh, for the game come Saturday. The forward pack will be coming up against a pretty, uh, you know, angry Lions forward pack this week, uh, Jordan. And and um, you guys put in a, a massive shift against the Highlanders last week. Was that, you know, positive uh, as a unit? Did you guys feel like you came out of that that as uh, as as real winners? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think we've, as a Rebels pack over the years, I've always been um, seen as a small pack. Um, but like uh, I think uh, this week uh, it's a different task at hand. Um, you know, we last week we really sat down as a four pack and um, really wanted to find what our identity as a four pack is, and um, I think we found that. And uh, I guess we're looking to build on that this week. Yeah, as I said, we're not the biggest four pack, but um, you know, we've got a lot of mongrel, especially um, guys like Anuru and, and Matt Phillip, who, who really lead the charge in that aspect of things. And Jordan, a couple of new South African uh, names, which are very hard to pronounce. I need to do some work on that before I bust them out on the, pod, the Ho- podcast. Hocklenburg. There you go. Thank you, Andrew so. Swain, tr- true professional. They're, yeah, the guys that we don't know uh, a lot about, they're obviously pretty pretty new to Australian rugby. But, yeah, what, what are they bringing to the um, to the team, mate? Sorry, is this – oh, oh cool, uh, yeah. Caboose and uh, – Yes. Uh, Gideon. Uh, yeah, Gideon, yeah, those boys are good. Um, I guess they, they they bring a, a different aspect of of the of the game, and it's just good to have some South African meat on your side. You'd rather play with them than against them, I guess. So, um, yeah, they're really great blokes, really down to earth. Um, obviously, um, Kabuls is only 21 and grew up on a farm, so living in Melbourne for both of them is, is, is a different um, different experience for them. And um, yeah, they've really brought a lot to the team. Of, uh, they get along very well, the boys, and um, I guess just yeah, just the the knowledge they bring from South African rugby with the physicality side of things and the set pieces uh, is a good thing to have on your side. Do they produce their own biltong for you, mate? Is is that something yeah. that you guys can get on board with? Well, that's something we're looking to do. Um, <laughs> Ruan's in the team as well. He's a big meat yeah. eater. I think that's something you learn with the South Africans. They just love their meat, no veggies, just straight carbs as well. So, um, yeah, those boys are looking to um, going to start making that. They actually are going to make their own... Um, uh, Bill Tong and they're actually going to bring the four pack uh, together for Bri, apparently. So, oh, you beauty. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. It's good to have them on our team. I'm pretty sure Dane Hale at Petty's 
uh, involved in, in Biltong circles as well. So yeah, there's circles. a big Biltong business. <laughs> there's Biltong circles how, all around in rugby. How do I get involved in Biltong circles without oh, without turning okay. into a circle myself? Um, You're gonna have to come. <laughs> Jordan, uh, you, your, your tussle with Anurangi, uh, he played very well on, on the weekend, was one of the, mm. the standouts. Um, you're obviously a, a Wallabies incumbent, uh, so undoubtedly you want to be getting into that starting side shortly. Just tell us about that competition for spots there. No, it's good. Um, I really, We really enjoy it. Um, we obviously, what people don't see is we actually are really good mates and we actually get along with each other off the field and, I think if Anuri wasn't playing the way he was, uh, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't push me to be a better player and, and try and be better each week. So, um, man, he's playing some awesome footy at the moment, and um, you know, I uh, every each year is a new year. Um, there's no reputations in the team, and it doesn't matter if you're a Wallaby or if you're a development player. You know, everyone's the same. So, um, I've really got to work hard over these come uh, coming weeks and try and string a few good games together and try and prove myself again. Uh, to get that number two jersey, oh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, Andre's playing some good footy, so I'm um, really looking forward to the challenge. Jordan, on a slightly uh, random note, mate, um, a few years ago, I just wanted to bring it up again for oh. people people that might not have uh, read the story that you did with Christy, well, I think it was when you first maybe got picked for the Wallabies. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but you actually, yeah. um, it's quite remarkable. You started playing organised rugby, like actual you know junior club rugby at the age of yeah. two, two with Nappy. <laughs> Back in, in Oriental Rongatai with, with Artie Severe as a, a teammate oh, really? and you were two years old running around um, with nappies under your, your rugby shorts. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. uh, you probably don't remember much of that, but that's quite incredible, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is incredible. I, I th- my mum, yeah, I don't, obviously I don't remember too much of it. My mum and dad used to, <laughs> um, I used to come, apparently I used to cry at, at registrations because my older brothers, uh, you know, grew up playing rugby and my, my dad obviously played as well and um, was always... Always watching them, I just wanted to get in, uh, have a crack myself. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I was a good player at all. <laughs> if I played, at, if I played anything, but um, yeah, just just being just, I guess it's been in my blood um, playing rugby, and um, it's always been a Saturday thing for my family. So, um, yeah, it's good to say that I played that too. I don't think I was any good or even played at all, but. Um, it was good. Oh, don't sell yourself. Yeah, one of the great right. stories. We'll, we'll, we'll forgive you. For, <laughs> we'll forgive you for not making the under three rep team, uh, Jordan. You've, you've done all. You've done all right since then. Have you spoken to Artie um, about that ever, or do you still know him at all? Yeah, we speak here and there. Um, obviously, not. Don't really see uh, each other much, but when we do catch up, it's pretty good. Uh, last time I spoke to him in person, was probably after that Blitters in Eden Park. Uh, just talking about life and uh, catching up and asking how his old man is and etc. But uh, yeah, we we talk on on um, through message here and there. Obviously, lives in Wellington, but um, yeah, it's, it's always keep in touch when we can. Good stuff, mate. Well, mate, we wish you all the best this weekend against the Lions. You're back at Amy Park as well, so that'll be good back in front of your home fans. Um, and that's on Saturday night. That must be fun, mate. So um, really enjoy it, and we wish you all the best. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for having me. Cheers. Yeah, Jordan Ulysi there, um, you know, has been playing rugby since he was in nappies, literally. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because it is such a good, good story from a few years ago. There's a few photos um, during the rounds. You might actually put those up on, yeah, on we'll do that. social maybe. Um, yeah, just <laughs> I think he said he was running the wrong way and, um, yeah, crying, as he said. But, uh, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a real um, bright kid, isn't he, Jordan? I think he's seen as a future leader um, in Australian rugby if he can just get his body right, a bit like Jordy, the other Jordan, Jordan Patea. Yeah, and to take that responsibility 
responsibility on his shoulders to get himself right. They are right. the world's biggest shoulders, though. <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> they are humongous. They are big shoulders. But to take that responsibility to actually, you know, take the ownership of his own rehab, not rely on the club and, and invest in it himself and to invest in his future, as he said, is a uh, that's, you know, that's, that's a pretty bright thing to be doing. Yeah, one of the most lovely blokes going around Australian rugby too, I'd say. Biltong Circles as well. That's um, that can be the name of our spin-off um, podcast. I reckon Bil- Biltong Circles. I would love to do a Biltong podcast. Any Biltong podcasts out there who need a guest? Phil, I'm very good at uh, sampling it. We'll talk to producer Phil Pryor about that. That it, it can be a, a very niche podcast. All right. So that's the Rebels and Lions, um, who will probably bring their own Biltong along. Talk uh, to the vegan producer. <laughs> uh, Tars V Chiefs coming up. Uh, let's get a chat to their assistant coach, Chris Whitaker. Well, it's great to be chatting with Tars assistant coach, Chris Whitaker. Chris, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, you must be stoked with uh, the performance of the team coming off the bye last week and then to put in a performance like you did last week at Bankwest Stadium, unreal. Yeah, it was good for the confidence, obviously. Um, yeah, I thought the first 20 minutes were pretty good. Uh, played with the right intent, got the ball to space quite well. I uh, kind of fell off the pace a bit after that. Lost a bit of momentum with a yellow card and a few penalties. Uh, second half, a bit the same. But then, uh, you know, we came home and, and got a bit of field position and, and scored a couple of nice tries at the end there. So happy with the boys. Lots to work on, but, um, yeah, happy with the result. Yeah, just on that, obviously, fans in the media are so results-driven uh, and, you know, all the narrative um, gets shaped entirely by whether you win or loss. But w- when you're reviewing this stuff, it's 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 not so black and white, isn't it? I mean, you might be quite happy um, after some losses and in a lot of respects and, and pretty down on the guys after after some wins. So, I mean, I mean, this do you feel this performance was a, a step up from, from what you had been doing previously or where does it sit? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at the first game against the Crusaders, we actually did a fair bit, but just couldn't hang on to the ball. Um, you know, they scored some good tries. They're a dangerous team. And I think the most disappointing thing with the next two games is that we just didn't fire any shots. Um, you know, we didn't, didn't really play any footy. The weather didn't help us, but at the same time, um, you know, we just went into our shell and just didn't, didn't play any of the type of footy we know we could. So, yeah, in terms of that, that aspect... You know, you'd probably rather lose a game firing all your shots at them and having go at it than um, they're not doing anything at all. But, uh, you know, we're lucky enough to come with the result on the weekend. Chris, I spoke to you uh, on Wednesday before the, the Lions uh, game uh, and, and you said that the biggest thing that you thought that they could do is, is just play with a bit of confidence. Is that what you saw and, and was the example of, I think it was 17 offloads, is that the kind of confidence that you want that you can have your, your team play, play like, expansively like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, it changes depending on who you're going to play against and, and what you do. I mean, going to that game, our strategy was to get the ball to width, um, you know, and, and start playing from there. And it, and it worked well. But, yeah, I mean, the boys you know, showed a lot of courage, especially after the, the two games before that, where, as I said, we didn't do a great deal. And to come out from word go, you know, the first 20 minutes and really play some really expansive footy, um, that was really positive uh, from the guys. So, you know, it's, it's a it's a step in the right direction. It's a confidence booster. But, um, you know, this week we've got the Chiefs, so a different kettle of fish, so it's going to be a different type of game, so a different strategy. Yeah, the Chiefs down at uh, Wynn Stadium there at Wollongong. It's going regional again, which is good. Um, speaking of confidence, uh, young Will Harrison seemed to, to play with a lot more of that on uh, last Friday night as well. Yeah, he did. He had a really good game. You know, he's, he's obviously got 
some work to do here and there, but, you know, he took a step in the right direction. Um, I think a lot of guys really stepped up. I think, you know, as a group, they were really disappointed in those first three weeks. Um, and they really, you know, decided that they put a line in the sand and said, we need to take control of this. And that's what they did. You know, young Will was good. I thought KV at the back uh, was good. Uh, I think Michael Hooper was everywhere. You know, I mean, he got himself <laughs> he involved is, both, both sides of the ball. Um, you know, created a lot of a lot of opportunities as well. So, you know, there's a lot of positives out of the game. Yeah, you just sort of uh, alluded to that. But during the week, um, yeah, the, the the talk after the game was that the players had been allowed to take a bit more ownership um, of, of training and the, the direction that they wanted to to play. Can you just maybe expand on 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 that and um, and and you know whether that's something that's going to continue going forward? Oh, definitely. I think that's every coach's yeah. You know, I mean, ideal situation is yep. for the players to take take ownership of the team, um, and that's that's where we're always heading. Uh, obviously, the new coach and new structures in place and new systems and things like that, it just takes a little while to get to. Um, but I suppose the situation was, was maybe forced, not forced on us, but with the results we had, we had to change something. So, we, you know, I mean, the players decided to take the reins a lot more, or a lot more the reins earlier on than, than what was planned. So, um, you know, Simo and Hooper and all those boys, KB, uh, Jackie Gordon, you know, they really, um, they really they controlled the week well. You know, they really looked after the intensity of training. Um, we're in charge of getting the messages out there and the boys, you know, getting the boys ready for training and things like that, so making sure the intensity was there and everyone was focused. This weekend, there's a few outs, unfortunately, for injuries with uh, with Tommy Robertson off the bench, but starters, uh, Rob Simmons, um, Jake Gordon and Mark Nwanganasi. Nwanganidawasi. There we are. So a couple of guys <laughs> ca- coming, coming into the equation, um, but a, a bloke who's in line to make his debut off the bench, uh, Michael McDonald, the, the halfback. Um, can yep. you just tell us a little bit about those guys coming in? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mitch Short's going to start the game at nine. Um, yeah, I thought he did a really good job last week. He hasn't played a lot of minutes, but, uh, yeah, he came in and controlled the game. Uh, yeah, had nice service. And, you know, I think we benefited from his service, you know, just getting us around the park and getting us into our game. And then Michael McDonald comes on the bench. So he's a young guy who played Aussie 20s last year. Um, halfback from actually Irish uh, origin, who he's been out in Australia for seven or eight years. Uh, he came over from the Western Force. Um, so he's going to be there. James Ram's going to start in the other wing in place of Marky Mark. Um, he had a good, you know, some really good involvements last week. And in the A games, the 304 days played really well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's lots of guys there to step up. Uh, and do the job. Obviously, Paddy Tarford comes on the bench as well, so another guy that possibly make his debut. And he's another young guy that played in the Aussie 20s last year that uh, is really impressed in the A games that they've played so far. So some good young guys coming in and some good opportunities for him. Yeah, and uh, Chris, the weather very wet um, here in Sydney and, and no doubt down in Wollongong all week, and it, it looks like it'll be that way f- for the game. So d- tactically, are you already preparing for that and, 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 and tweaking bits and pieces? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look at the forecast. It actually doesn't look too bad for Friday. So, um, you know, obviously you've got to go in after the, what happened at Newcastle. You've got to go in with a couple of couple of ideas and how you're going to play and slightly modify bits and pieces. But, um, yeah, we're actually lucky enough because this is probably one of our first wet training days that we're going to have all year. So we actually be able to train in it to, to get prepared for it. So not a great tool change. Obviously, you know, a few strategies here and there. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll nut it out to that training. 
Yes, yeah, nice to see a bit of rain around uh, for everyone at the moment. But uh, the, the double header down at Wollongong. So obviously uh, the Sunwolves have had their game changed, and Brumbies um, from Osaka, and they're playing before you guys. How's that going to be? Are you guys going to get there early and, and watch it, or um, you know, it's it, it's pretty cool that we've been able to that Sansa have been able to move everything around so that uh, it can be still be played. Yeah, I think it's a great idea, double header. Yeah, I mean, it could be a, a thing of the future. Um, but I think I think there's a big gap between the two games. Well, not a big gap. There's a game in New Zealand in between them. So uh, maybe the coaches head across the road and have a look at the uh, the Brummies game and then go back to the hotel after. But um, I don't think any of the boys will go and watch it. But uh, yeah, it should be a good day for everyone. And with, just before we wrap it up, uh, a second year now for you back in Australian rugby at the Waratahs. Do you feel like you're finding your feet even more now um, with a, a brand new coaching structure as well at Thailand? Yeah, really enjoying the way you know Rob Rob looks at rugby and um, you know his philosophies around rugby and how it's played. Um, you know he's, he's a very encouraging coach. Uh, tells the boys to go and express themselves, obviously within reason. Uh, but I'm really enjoying working with Rob, and I think you know the young guys coming through is just unbelievable. You know, we've seen already this year. You know, just had three or four guys make their debut, and you know, we'll be surprised there's three or four you know, young guys who will get a crack this year as well. So, you know, I think uh, looking in the future, even if you look around the other teams like the Brumbies and the Reds and the Rebels, you know, there's so many good young guys coming through that uh, you know, given a couple of years and, and the right and the right uh, the right programs, I think you know, rugby in Australia is going to be a good place. And just last one um, from me, Chris. Uh, you obviously one of Australia's great halfbacks there, and you, you, your battles with George Gregan were um, were brilliant to to watch. It's a, a news landscape for the number nines, isn't it, at the moment with Will Guinea moving on, Nick Phipps as well. I was just wanted to get your thoughts about um, the quality of the nines in the country and, and who you've been impressed by. I think there's, there's, once again, we got some young tens coming through as the Brumbies and the Reds do, and there's. The same case for the nines. Um, you know, there's obviously we've got Jake Gordon and Mitch, and then Michael McDonald, even a young guy called Henry, Henry Robinson here, who's a young guy who's played Colts, but he's got a bright future. He was in the Aussie Twenties last year as well. Uh, you know, they're just everywhere. Tony McDermott. You know, I think it's a real open at the moment. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see who what they're looking at putting in the in the Aussie squad. But you know, I think moving forward, you obviously got Nick White coming back as well, and Joey Powers down at Brumbies. Um, so and Lonigan, so mate, there's just a wealth of, of talent coming through. Um, so it's going to be interesting which way they go with it. Yeah, it's interesting times and exciting times for Aussie rugby at the moment. Chris, thank, thanks so much for joining us, mate. No problems, guys. Chris Whitaker there, always great to chat to him. Now, let's take a look ahead now to this weekend. Friday, a massive triple header kicking off with the Sunwolves and Brumbies, which is a very odd time to be having it at 2.45 on Friday, boys, in Wollongong. Knock off early, people, uh, wherever you are. Um, either head down to the gong or, or settle in in a pub somewhere and listen to Andrew Swain's dulcet tones. Now, you're just, I know you're, um, you're looking forward to, to Wollongong. You're a big supporter of the gong, but you are a little bit grumpy, aren't you, that you uh, had that Osaka trip cancelled. You've been thro- <laughs> throwing stuff around the office and um, a bit of carry-on. Absolutely. I've been carrying on a bit. I've got to admit that. I, I was meant to be going to Osaka this week. Um, Mate, you've never got a been... couple of young kids. Like, just enjoy <laughs> the fact that you're... <laughs> I don't have coronavirus. 
coronavirus. Yeah, okay, that's a fair trip. <laughs> I, I was just ma- looking forward to trip. I was looking for the, apparently the food's really good in Osaka. <laughs> it is. No, there's nothing doing in Osaka, mate. I've been there and there's there's not a lot. Going oh, really? Oh, um, okay. Not a lot of nightlife. It's or, not what I heard or, from you last time. Not a lot of nightlife <laughs> or good food or anything. So much better in the Gong, mate. What, what's the uh, the big pub there? Is it the, the Glass well, House? Apparently, there's a really good chicken shop across the road from Wind Stadium at Wollongong. But also, I'm, I'm actually going to go to Sushi Bay, which is on the corner of <laughs> Kira Street and Crown Street in Wollongong. For my sushi fix before that at lunchtime. So two forty-five. Sunwolves v Brumbies. It's been moved because of the coronavirus. In all seriousness, the Sunwolves now having to spend the next month on the road as opposed to getting a couple of games at home. Um, they got smashed last week by the Hurricanes. Uh, this could really hurt them, couldn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I think firstly, Sansa cop a bit of grief, but I think they've done things oh, pretty well here. and 100%. And, they've and, done um, a great job. I, I think, yeah, just the, it makes sense what they're doing and, and credit to the Sunwolves and the other clubs for just agreeing to it. So, yeah, it makes a, a weird sort of final season for the Sunwolves even weirder, doesn't it? They're, um, they're, they're now touring around Australasia. They, they've got a lot of Australasians in their team, so they're probably not too fussed about that. But, yeah, the, the wheels uh, are falling off the, the mighty Moondogs a little bit, aren't they? Two pastings in, in consecutive weeks. So, let, let's face it, this should be a, should be a Comfortable, um, comfortable win for the for the mighty Brumbies. Yeah, the good thing, like looking at the positives, you can now go and watch a couple of games down in, in Wollongong. Oh, and, bloody oath. And a lot of people, hopefully from Canberra, can get across. And uh, we know everyone in the government jobs can can, can get out earlier. <laughs> Steve Linthorpe <laughs> looking at you. <laughs> um, but 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 a, but a good game to look forward to. And then on the back of that, the Waratahs and the Chiefs shortly after, which should be a, a very exciting game. The Chiefs will be hungry, having lost to the Brumbies and then had a bye. Um, it's a, it's one to get up for. Yeah, uh, and, and sandwiched in between those two games, you've got the Crusaders and Reds. We spoke about the Reds a little bit earlier. They're probably going to have a couple of injury concerns this week. Um, tough place to go with a Reds team who are licking their wounds a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to look at positives and how they can win this game, but it is a little bit tricky to, to come up with it. I mean, the Reds are kind of... They're now caught between this place of um, playing expensive rugby and, and do, do they still have that set-piece strength that they were kind of the, the pillar of the game that they were building on? And that's what Liam Wright was talking about after the game. That's what they traditionally set their stall on, that, that set-piece uh, stuff. So, I don't know, Swainy, you're an uh, ex-second role. I mean, can, can they fix all that sort of stuff in, in one week, do you think, against a team like the... The Crusaders? Oh, it was it was a real Achilles heel, wasn't it, for them? And and we've seen teams that have struggled at the line out this year have struggled sustainably as well. So like, I don't, it's a hard one to turn around in a week. But having said that, if they work real hard at it, uh, they've got they've got the talent there to be able to do this. Well, it's, it, it, it seemingly it's a technique thing for them at the moment. Um, at the more at the line out, they struggled a little bit with Hawking's not getting higher up in the in the air. I think. If you, if you can manage to bring either Lucan back into start or Anglis Blythe, and, and oh, I think they have to do that uh, ultimately. And then the Tars and Chiefs, we, we, that's, that's rounding out the Friday triple header. Um, Waratahs with the, their tails up a little bit, and, and the Chiefs side that uh, coming off the bye, 
um, and they got beaten by the Brumbies last start. Yeah, again, very, very tough uh, ask. But you, you do feel that now that Monkey is off the back um, w- w- with these Aussie teams a bit, even, even though the Tars haven't done it themselves, just that the Aussie teams are beating these Kiwi teams more consistently. It's not, not such a, an issue for them. And look, they, they just need to play with a bit of freedom, I think. Um, we, it was interesting hearing after the game that uh, the, the coaching staff at the Tars had, had given the players um, a bit of autonomy during the week to, to run things, you know, take a bit more accountability themselves. So I think those are all positive steps and hopefully the, the confidence that they've got out of that uh, yeah, stands them in good stead against a Chiefs team that's uh, making a lot of changes again. I think Damian McKenzie's being rested for this one so they won't be um, at full strength either. So yeah, the, the, there's no reason why they can't uh, I'm not going to pick them, let, I'll get that out there, but there's no reason why they can't make a real game of this. And the Rebels-Lions is on Saturday night as well, we spoke about that a little bit earlier. Uh, Saturday 7pm, you can catch all the action live on Fox Sports. Gents, thanks so much for your company again today. Cheers. Thank Enjoy you the again. rugby. Enjoy the gong. And I'm going to go and get me a chicken katsu curry. <laughs>